You're listening to the Bootstrap SaaS Operator, the podcast where we interview founders who are actually in the trenches. We talk about the transparent journey of how they built their SaaS companies, how they grow them, and what they would do differently if they would do it all over. Hey folks, with us today, Alexandra Abu Jamra from KLUX. Alex, super happy to have you. Hello, Nicholas. Thank you for uh, for the space and talking to to our audience. Uh, I think it's a great opportunity for both of us. Awesome. Let's dive right in. What problem does KLUX solve for its customers? Uh, well, we are specialized on um, organizing uh, information uh, in PDFs and images. Uh, basically, that we we our our bots they read. Uh, Financial PDFs, you know, balance balance sheets, income statements, financial uh, uh, documents, and then uh, we organize the data so banks and investors they can uh, use that data to take decisions. It's basically a, a mix between OCR, text interpretation, um, and you know, uh, um, and uh, uh, linguistics. God, and that, I mean it, that's quite a un unique thing. So what's like a typical use case for that? Uh, the typical use case, the most common is, um, is on banks. When a company wants to borrow some money from the bank, the bank usually asks them uh, their, their financial statements so they can analyze if the company uh, will be able to pay back the, the borrowed money. And well, companies usually they send those files in PDF because of a number of reasons because that's not easy to change because there is some signature from the accountant, there's a signature from the CEO and, and well, for some reasons. Uh, and so the banks receive those PDFs and they usually have like an army of people trying to take the data out of the PDFs and, and, and to make that, uh, uh, turning tur tur those PDFs and images into data. And, and that's quite a, 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 a big problem because it's very easy to make a mistakes when you, you, you're doing that manually. Um, and you need a lot of uh, automatic testing um, to to make sure that everything you extracted is correct. Because you know, like a a wrong zero, it, it might be like a, a million dollar mistake uh, uh, in in credit rating. So uh, we we take that into account and and have a very very efficient uh, process of extracting data. And we have like a layer of of human um, uh, uh, quality assurance. So we make sure that data is 100% correct. Interesting. So how did you stumble into that problem? Oh, that's a great question. Well, it started a bit differently, but um, the, the problem we, we targeted in the start was to, well, I, I worked with Vemonate and, and in, in, my, uh, in my practice, we, we had some, uh, some employees trying to find financial data of companies in the web that like 10, 12 years ago. Um, and they used to do that manually. So when I, I quit the, the, the M&A firm, I had this problem in my mind. Well, I need to pick that and to put a bot to get the, that data in the web and to structure that and blah, blah. So, um, well, I've, I've, um, I've joined with, uh, with some partners to solve that problem. And we were quite happy in doing that. In the first three years, we, we, um, we built the bots that would go into the, the web in Brazil to click and would get the financial statements from companies that were like lost in the web and would structure that into a single database. 
And we started uh, selling that to international intelligence platforms like uh, Capital IQ, uh, Arby's from Moody's Analytics, um, Bureau Van Dyke, um, Bloomberg. So we, 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 we kind of turned those ourselves into a, a financial data hub of private Brazilian companies that would um, uh, send that data abroad. But well, doing that, we, we got in contact with this big problem, which was to turn the PDFs into structured data. And then we started selling that as a service to, to banks and insurance companies. And, and that worked pretty well. And well, right now we are, we are uh, internationalizing because the, the solution is, uh, works anywhere with any language. Uh, it's just a little setup we need to do it any other language. And well, in Brazil, it's, it's like very popular right now. And, and a lot of uh, really big banks are using your solution to help in credit analysis. Interesting. So is your, did you basically switch base completely what you're doing or do you still have the old, basically like arm of the company doing the data as a service and then a new part of the company doing the sales or how, how did you make the transition operationally basically? Perfect. We, 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 we have both right now. We have the, the data as a service working and our bots are still getting data in the web and structuring those financial data into uh, this, the financial PDFs into data and, and selling that to international intelligence platforms. But uh, um, it was not like a pivoting. It was uh, it was sort of a, a natural evolution. You know, like, well, we started getting uh, balance sheets and income statements and we understood how to work with that. Well, let's sell it as a service. There is there is demand for that. Uh, so it's like an, a natural evolution of on the on the on our offer and, and not like poverty like oh let's change everything and change product yeah. change the channel just a net, natural and did you uh, did, to to double to double click on that because i think it's super interesting to have this switch from like some business model data as a service services into SaaS. so was it more that you needed a tool internally to make the data as a service better and you you basically built scratch your own itch or did you see demand from the market and saw just like by being in the industry saw the opportunity to build that tool uh we we had the the, the data as a service and then we were uh, knocking on bank stores hey we got brazilian data here the data financial data from from brazilian companies private brazilian companies uh does the feature needs would you like that at all and then some of them started talking to me well Yes, it's cool, but the real problem I have is, is not on, on finding the, the, the data that is in the web. It's to structure the data that I receive from my clients. And then, well, that, that clicked and we started thinking about like, well, let, let's try to solve that. And then we, we tried the first MVPs with, uh, with an insurance company. And that, that was very, um, it, it was very successful. The, they, they loved the, the service. And then we started offering to some other insurance companies and then we started offering to banks and well, right now we have like 15 banks, more or less, using um, uh, this service, including some international banks, some city bank or an, um, an international insurance company, Tokyo Marine. Uh, well, there's uh, um, uh, some interesting clients in, um, in, our, in our portfolio. If you need to hire the right developers and ship fast, then React Squad is for you a boutique agency that specializes in React and only works with fast growth startups. Get a 14-day risk-free trial and a transparent price of $95 per hour. Visit reactsquad.io to learn more. And then how, 
how I mean the the company overall started 12 years ago so 2011 when did you start the SaaS part oh that's uh that's that's also a good question um we had we have actually three products right we stopped we talked about two products, which is the data as a service and uh, and uh, the financial spreading service. But we also have a SaaS that you can log in and find data from Brazilian companies. And actually, we started that from the start, the the, the SaaS, but it never um, scaled. Um, the the Brazilian market is not that big for um, the demand for private Brazilian uh, uh, financial data as as in a SaaS model. Uh, we didn't. We weren't able to scale that yet. We we are we are still progressing on on technology and features development, yeah. but well, we need to focus somewhere, and we've been focusing on getting more data and processing more data to the banks. Got it. But I mean the 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 to, the OCR tool that that reads the PDF isn't is like don't you sell that in in like a software as a service matter? Meaning, do they pay annually for that, or is that do you sell that additionally with consulting hours or like how do the clients actually buy the, the this service oh great uh, now i understood the question um yeah <laughs> well um to, to be able to uh spread the data in a pdf in the quality that that, that the credits uh area needs in the bank uh our understanding is that ocr and and fully automatic solutions do not work they will make mistakes. They will miss lines. They will put the data in the wrong line and attribute some some data to the wrong class. Uh, so our understanding is that you need to have a human quality assurance and structured and a, and a structured process to make sure that everything is correct. That total assets are the same value as total liabilities, and and all the sum of accounts in current assets is equal to the total current assets. So the, the there, there, there is there is the need of a of a human in, in the in the middle of the process because with uh, with current technology for the quality the bank the banks need uh, um, we understand that one hundred percent automatic doesn't work uh, so we sell that as a service and uh, well they send that as their, their PDFs and we uh, send it back to them already spread it in in their standards uh, with their classification rules everything reviewed. Uh, so it's not it, it's not a service that is like uh, automatic. It, we have a three hour SLA, so it's not like well, you send it and you receive it at the same time. Like automatically, there is an SLA yeah. for us to be able to to uh, reach the new quality. Understood. And then I would imagine that working with banks is very like enterprise sales driven. So getting a client, you I would guess takes like six to however many months like how do you actually sell into a bank because for me like i don't co come from this industry i wouldn't even know who where to start to sell something to a bank like, how do, how does the sales process work yeah that's usually a, a big pain into in credit uh, uh areas corporate credit areas um so uh, all the banks they have people um scratching data and trying to to make data make sense and um we try to get to the to the managers of those areas so because that guy has the pain that the guy he, he really has pressure on him to be uh faster on their credit analysis uh and to have so uh, the person so, the, so it would be so so for a dummy so it would be like the person who's responsible for approving a loan to a business basically 
or, or the person managing the people who have to approve it. That's it. That's it. Perfect. Got yeah, it. That's, Got that's it. fine. It's, uh, that's our persona is inside banks. If we get to the credit manager, he knows what we are talking about. He has the pain. He understands uh, the value that that can add to his process. For to have an idea on Tokyo Marine, this uh, this international insurance company I've mentioned, they they had a, a, a their their process of credit analysis was like uh, six or seven days total. Uh, when we got in, it it reduced to like two days. So they missed five days on interpre interpreting data. Uh, uh, so they, 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 they could earn a lot of more clients uh, getting uh, quicker responses to their commercial side. Okay, and then do, do you have a sales team doing that or, or like do, do, do you do like founder-led sales in a way? Yeah, we, we do have a sales team, uh, a sales army of three people, uh, me and other two people. <laughs> so, uh, uh, you know... When we, when you're a startup, you gotta you gotta have uh, uh, your costs on your hands, right? So yeah, we have we are three people on sales, and basically that we but we 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 do a lot of uh, um, prospecting automatically. So I think our process is pretty efficient. Sales, sorry, yeah. Would would you be open to to share a bit about that efficiency? I mean, you you don't need to go into into detail if there's like any secret sauce. Or just for the people who are currently out there and trying to hire like the on themselves and trying to hire like the first one or two salespeople, how can they also have like inefficient prospecting, uh, yeah, process in a way? Perfect. Well, I, I can I can share the process we use. Uh, that's that's definitely not a problem. I'm not sure if the process we use uh, will be of use for everyone, but well, I hope that someone can take something out of it. Uh, well, we, we don't have a, a SDRs, you know, we don't have people like calling and getting in contact on, on LinkedIn. We use uh, a software to do that automatically. So, uh, um, they, they, you make like a text template and then, uh, other software getting contact with the person and well, Hey, we are from Klux. We do this, 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 and that let's, let's talk about that. Here are some suggestions of, uh, of updates to talk. And then, well, if the person doesn't answer, uh, then one week. Later, um, the, the software sends another email. Hey, this is, this is Alex from Klux. I think you haven't seen my email, uh, blah, blah, blah. So what do you think of talking? And then if the person doesn't answer again, then one week later, the software uh, sends another automatic mail. Hey, I, I, I don't want to be insistent. Uh, and so that's the last email I'm sending. If you'd like to talk, here I am. If you don't, well, if you could just say who is the right person in your company to talk about that, uh, that would be great for us. And well, those those prospecting softwares they they have nice integrations with LinkedIn, so um, they they do this. Uh, you, you might have heard of Hunter IO and all this uh, prospecting yeah. uh, uh, apps. Um, basically, they get the name of the person and they have the company, and by the company they know the domain. So they just guess the email of the person out of it, and and they send automatic emails on that. So that's basically what what we do. Um, yeah. And, and then do you do you yeah, only well, send well, do you only send them do you only contact them via email or do you do also like email one adding via LinkedIn email two adding like DMing on Twitter like going multi channel on people? We we do uh, only emails and LinkedIn and the LinkedIn is not automatically we we tried to do automatic uh, uh, prospection LinkedIn but didn't didn't work very well so the the main the main channel is is email. Um, 
four years ago when I started doing that, it was only me in the in the commercial side, the sales team. I was one person sales team. That worked very well, but I think that a lot of people had the same idea. And right now, it's not as efficient as it used to be, but it's still it is still a good channel. So that our outbound goes uh, that way, but we have a lot of inbound as well. So um, the inbound is just newsletter to a very targeted audience. And every time we send a newsletter, there's some, there are some interesting uh, um, leads coming in. So, well, that's that's more or less it. And, and obviously, we don't yeah. uh, we don't we don't send emails automatically spamming as a machine gun. We go very targeted in in the the personas that we understand they have the the pain. So we don't want to be a pain yeah. for that. Makes sense. And then. I love that you that you started talking about the inbound part and the the email list. Uh, how did how did you build that email list? Did you do SEO and capture emails, or how how do you drive the the inbound marketing part of of your sales machine, basically? Guys, um, it was pretty much SEO and um, and and was there's a, there's a, a, an interesting part of the of the outbound uh, um, of the outbound. Um, uh, sales, uh, finding the people, um, confirming the pains, and then putting those emails into our mailing list. So when you, when you do that, like years in a row, you you start to get a um, um, quite relevant uh, yeah. list of people. So so example would be thing. you 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 email like Peter from Acme Bank. Peter says yes, I have the pain, but I either don't have budget. Or my manager doesn't allow me to buy a new tool. But then you know that Peter has the pain. You put Peter on the email list and maybe three years later, he's the manager and he can buy your tool because he read your newsletter for three years. Roughly like that? Or how did you mean going from the code outbound to having people on the email list? That's it. That's, that's yep. perfect. Uh, that's exactly it. We, we were a, a little bit worried in the start. Like, well, is it right to put his email on, uh, on, on, on our mail list? But that, well, there is an unsubscribe big button there if he wants to unsubscribe, and our unsubscribing uh, uh, rates are really low. So we understood that we are not being a pain, and and that that's uh, the opposite. We were helping those people to get more uh, contact uh, content on on the pain they have. It's super interesting. I never heard that way of building an email list. To be honest, I usually hear like the you write SEO articles, you have like your white paper to download, but then you need to enter the email. So that's that's super interesting. Um, I would love to switch gears a bit because, I mean, you're you're 12 years in, so everything's going fine. But can you tell us a war story, like just a time where everything looked like it's not going to work, or it was like a bad six months, just like a war story of the last somewhere in the last 12 years of building that business as a founder? Yeah, Gerald, this start we didn't start like the Rockway, uh, in my opinion, uh, we we had the idea and then we built the idea without much validation. So um, that obviously went wrong. Um, so well, we started twelve years ago, but um, the, uh, I started full time in the business. That was two thousand seventeen. So let's say it started six years ago. The, uh, before that, everyone was was part time. There were three partners, and everyone was part time in the business. I was like working as a CFO and and also. Uh, dealing with Galux uh, on my free time and the same with the other partners. So I, I went full-time in 2017. But, well, we started 2012 and, and our vision was, oh, let's 
you the bots and get all these balance sheets and income statements and extract the data from the PDFs and make it beautiful as we see in, in Capital IQ. And at that time, Capital IQ didn't have Brazilian data uh, of private companies. Uh, so yeah, well, we, we built the bots and we started gathering the data, but we thought that we could do everything automatically and and we couldn't. And, and right and nowadays we we still think we can't, and that's why we put humans in the middle of the process. Uh, so we, we spent like three or three years, two or three years trying to automatize all the, all the routines and trying to make that big database and to find out that making it fully automatically was not efficient. And, uh, we just lost time and, and, and money trying to develop some, um, some technology that, that would be extremely hard even nowadays to do, uh, and well, we found ourselves with a bunch of PDFs and without any data because we couldn't extract the data out of the PDF. So we were trying to do it automatically. And it, it, you know. um, so what we had was like a bunch of PDFs specified by company. Well, this PDF is the financial statement of uh, Nicolas uh, Limited. Uh, and and that, that's all we had indexed. And then we, we, we put that in a SAS, like login and, and, and passwords on the web so that private equities and MA firms could access that. But without having the data extracted, that wasn't very helpful. They didn't like that. And they were all used to Bloomberg and to Capital IQ. So it was, it was like, wow, that, that doesn't help me. And, and those features are, are very primitive. Uh, so we, we sold like two or three or four uh, licenses, but well, nothing that, that would make the, the, the business work. And then, well, that was a that was a pivoting moment. That was a true pivoting. It was not a, like a product pivoting, but it was a channel pivoting. We, we we just gave up on selling licenses to MNAs and started uh, knocking on 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 intelligence platforms uh, to to sell like the, the database. Oh, and the first one was Capital IQ, uh, and that's that's quite an interesting story because you know like we were a small uh, tech company with three partners. Um, and the other side was Capital Y. So how can I reach Capital Y? My God, how can I get to the right people? So I, I called them. I called them th their Sao Paulo office. And I was like, well, uh, uh, um, can I talk to your, to, your, uh, to your director in Sao Paulo? I see, I've seen that uh, Pedro is, uh, is the director of LinkedIn. So well, can I talk to Pedro, the, the director? Blah, blah. And well, they, they, they uh, transferred the, the, the phone to Pedro. So I was like, oh, I got Pedro. Great. And then, and then I... I was like, hey, Pedro, uh, this is Alex. I'm from Klux, and uh, we are we are doing something that I've, we've seen you are not doing, and maybe we have some synergies because, uh, well, we have nowadays a, a lot of financial statements of private Brazilian companies, and Capital Key doesn't. What do you think? That, that's, uh, that's something you could take advantage? And, well, uh, Pedro is an is a outstanding person. I love him when we, we, we still talk nowadays. Um, and then he said, well, Alex, that's true. That's really cool. I would love to get that. That's a pain I have as a Brazilian manager, as a Brazilian director, because we don't have the data and everyone asks me for that. But right now, Capital IQ is, uh, is focusing on Asia and I, I can't just, uh, uh, call the guys up in, in us and say, Hey, let's prioritize Brazil. They won't do that. So, uh, what, what I can do is, well, I can ask you to trust me and, and just wait a little bit that when I have the right momentum to, to sell that internally, I will do that. And then I was like, all right, I lost it. Uh, he's never going to call me again. And then six months later, uh, uh, Pedro calls me on my mobile. Hey, Alex, remember me? I'm Pedro from Capital IQ. <laughs> remember I told you that, um, that maybe the, the, that we could, we could, uh, uh, find a way to, to put your data in Capital IQ. Uh, uh, well, 
now we are in a Latin American cycle, and I think it's a good moment to to sell that internally. And and well, um, <clears throat> at that time, I was like, well, great, awesome. And uh, I just realized it was important when um, when they called me for a meeting uh, in 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 Sao Paulo, and um, well, the, there were some people from the U.S. coming on, and I realized that the, the guy that was coming to Sao Paulo was. Will McGraw, he was the heir of McGraw Hill, which owned Capital IQ and Slender Poor. So I was like, whoa, all right, that's big. That's important. So uh, that's the story. I went to Sao Paulo and we met with, uh, with the heirs of the company. And well, still nowadays, our data is Capital IQ and we are, they are one of our main clients. Uh, and, and that's what really made the business. That's what, what gave us the, the, the structure to uh, start building on it and, you know, putting more service stock. I think that's an amazing story. And then we, we have to send flowers to Pedro. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Well, we, we, every time we have the opportunity, we send some, some gift to him. It makes sense. Just be, before we wrap up, because like we were running out of time, I, what's the big vision for Kalux? Like how, how, where do you see the company in, in 10 years? Oh, great, great, great question. Well, um, there are a few a few visions for that uh, and um the, the one we are betting more is um is on getting more uh, data from brazilian companies and new, building a really big uh financial uh database that's that's our main vision because we see that that there is a lot of financial data of companies that is public in the web and we are not getting and there is a lot of data from Brazilian companies that is not public, but we could get if we get to the companies and just ask. So um, I see we're doing a lot of this work. And also I see us internationalizing this financial spreading service because it's ready. I just need uh, to press play here to start spreading data for in other languages for other banks. And we are already doing that for CD Group and, and for Tokyo. So uh, it's been pretty, pretty good experience. Got it. Alex, thanks a ton for coming on. That was a super fun chat. Great, Nicholas. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. If you like this episode, then you'll love the SaaS Operator, a weekly newsletter brought to you by Early Node with actionable insights from SaaS experts in the industry delivered right to your inbox every Tuesday for free. Visit earlynode.com to subscribe.